Well, today we're going to work through uh, our series, Guard One Another. We're looking at the one another's. Uh, We looked at those a while back, but these are the negative one another's, the things that we're not supposed to do to each other as part of the body of Christ. And as we think about that, uh, I wonder how do you uh, handle dirty clothes? How do you handle dirty clothes in your house? Uh, Are you the they pile up in the bedroom and we have to kind of tiptoe around them to get through? Are you the one that piles them up in a specific spot in the bathroom? That's kind of my habit uh, is the best way to say that. Uh, Do you, because you're so organized and great and weird that you, as soon as you get them, you immediately, they go in the hamper and they're in the right spot and yeah, we love you anyway. Uh, or maybe uh, you have a laundry chute. It's one of my desires for my entire life to have a two-story house with a laundry chute. And it, I don't know why, but it just is a cool idea. And this week, I got to go into a house that had a laundry chute. I, I was uh, thrilled Thrilled for the family, thrilled to experience it. And they opened a little hatch, and in the hatch there was this bar. I thought, what in the world? Like, I'm a big guy, you know, relatively speaking, tall, my clothes are bigger. Like, I, I got to kind of maneuver them around. And then the family eloquently informed me that that's so we don't put kids down it. <laughs> that only happened one time, I bet, in history. And then the bar came so that no young child takes that slide down to the dirty clothes. It'd be probably a fun ride, assuming you didn't get stuck. But that idea of dirty clothes, I hope will establish a metaphor for us today. The Bible uses clothing a lot uh, as a metaphor for our Christian life, uh, how we lived before Christ and how we live now with a relationship with Christ, this idea of clothing is a constant metaphor in the scripture, and we're going to see it again today as we look in the book of Colossians. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to invite you to turn there to Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to see what Paul has to say about living differently, about putting on a new set of clothes, about how we can guard one another with our speech and our attitude. And so in Colossians chapter 3, verse 7, Paul tells this to the church. He says this to them. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away and here are those things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. These things you once lived in and now you don't. 
You, you need to put them away and put them off and put something else on. Paul is calling the church to live differently. They used to live one way and now they need to live a different way. A, a wholly different way, a completely different way. Throwing off the dirty clothes, throwing off the old clothes of that old self never to pick them up again and to put on a new set of clothes, clothes of righteousness and peace and joy, the, the clothing that Christ puts on us. And so he tells the Colossians, you used to wear these clothes, anger, which is, as one comment here, a chronic attitude of smoldering hatred a chronic attitude of smoldering hatred. Well, I know what chronic means. It happens all the time, right? Chronic, if you're chronically ill, that means you're ill all the time. Smoldering is, is a unique image that we often find when we're camping or because we live in the suburbs around our fire pit, and smoldering is when you still see the smoke coming up from the logs, but there's not really a flame, but there could be one at any minute, and you're thinking, how do I get this started again? That's anger, smoldering, just constantly going right there at the tip of rage, which is pouring the lighter fluid on it so it'll psh. Get rid of anger and rage that acute outburst of anger, a fit of rage. Get rid of malice, put those clothes off. Malice is the underlying root, it's the source of rage and anger. It's the root of my hatred for you. It's the root of my outburst because I want to do damage to you. I want to harm you, I don't wanna guard you, I wanna injure you. And that comes with, from within. Put, put those clothes off. Take them off. Because it lies just below the surface. Put away slander. We get our word blaspheme from this word that's translated slander. To rail against or to speak evil against. To constantly never say a positive thing about a person. And these are not not saying positive things about a lost world that has a completely different ideology than us. Not, not about people outside the church. Not about pagans who live horribly. No, he's saying don't talk ill of the people that you worship with, that you're in small group with, that claim Christ like you claim. Don't slander them. Don't speak evil against them. And then get rid of filthy language obscene talk it has some more punch to it obscene talk shameful or abrasive speech as I used to say in my younger days when I wasn't as guarded with my tongue and that's saying something do you kiss your mama with that mouth that that's abrasive talk if you don't know what it is and like you kiss your mom with that same mouth that you just said that Mm, you better not. Or if you do, get some soap and wash that thing out because that's what she should do to you, you 22-year-old punk, right? 
abrasive language, things that, that don't honor one another or honor God. So these five things were the old clothes that the Christians in Colossae wore. Now, I'm sure this is not an exhaustive list, and it wasn't just to Christians. Like, it wasn't Christians only in the early church that had these problems, that were angry and had hatred in their heart that would blow up, that, that would talk like sailors. No, it wasn't just them, but Paul recognized that they came from an old way of life, just like you and I came from an old way of life. And we're surrounded by people who live an old way of life. And sometimes those old, dirty clothes creep back on us. Sometimes the dirty clothes of the world infiltrate us. And Paul's helping them, reminding them, put those away, keep them off. Because harmony in the church is critical, it's crucial. And harmony doesn't exist when there's hatred and malice and anger. When there's unwholesome talk, you can't have harmony. And so you and I have to have respect for one another, respect for each other so we can guard one another against these old ways of life. And so respect for all persons should characterize all Christians. We, we should have respect for all persons. We need to guard one another as the body of Christ, that, that we would encourage one another, that we would think the best about one another, that we would have hope for one another. But then those outside the faith, those are still perhaps living the old way of life, that we would show respect for them as well, but not speaking against them, not getting angry at them because uh, they believe wrong, not slandering them because they're just misinformed. They've bought into a system and so we write them off and we speak ill against them. We have anger towards them. We won't do business with them. Uh, we talk about them. No, respect for all persons should characterize all Christians. But most of all, we need to live in harmony with one another. And so we need to speak about and to each other in the right kind of way. We need to walk differently, right? We once walked in those ways. Now we walk in a different way. And so we put those five things off. And then he gives us this bonus. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old self with this practice. Because the old self is sometimes fun to put back on. He says, take off the old self the dirty clothes, the, the old way of life, and, and put it away. Put it away. That's not Josh's jacket, so I'm not going to throw it. But, <laughs> but put it away. And don't dig it back up. It's gone. It's dead. It's over. That way is gone. You once walked in that direction. Now you're walking in a different direction. And so those five things, plus do not lie. Because that was the way... The old life lived with its practices. I'm going to put on a new self. I'm going to live in the truth. I'm going to be a person of the truth because I follow the one who is the truth. John 14, 6 tells us that pretty clearly. 
And we're not sure why Paul separated this one from the other five. But it might indicate its importance. Because it's connection to the Ten Commandments about bearing false witness, that we should be people of the truth. That perhaps that is our defining characteristic, that if someone were to ask me a question or seek the truth, I'm the one person that they can count on to give them the truth, to give them the full story, to to give them the reality, to help them understand the right way, the right way to proceed, how to walk the right way, how to speak the right way, how to live the right way. Because community doesn't exist apart from the truth. The community of faith cannot exist apart from the truth. And so if we can't be truthful with one another, then how is a hurting, searching, struggling, heartbroken world going to find it in us if we can't even be truthful with one another? We can't even live in the truth with each other. Because violating each other's trust is perhaps the greatest detriment to relationships. And so we need to live the truth. We need to be people of truthfulness. And this is not just about not telling big lies. Like most of us, I think, are pretty good at not telling big lies. We, we, we can handle that. We know like, mm, you know, the Bible says not to, so I'm not going to tell a whopper of a lie. But it's not just about not telling big lies. This is about being hypocritical. This is about being deceitful. This is about being manipulative. Those are all things that damage the truth. Those are all things that injure one another instead of guard one another. We twist the stats, and I'm guilty of this all the time, because I'll tell my family, depending on who it is at the time, hey, it's 9.30, we got to go, we're going to be late, 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 let's go, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And it's really 9.18. I kind of rely on that accurate but not precise. That's a thing. But I manipulate the stats for my benefit. I know nobody else ever does that, especially you on-time performers. But we manipulate it for our gain. Or maybe I get close to the truth. I get close to it. Oh, yeah. Man, we were out. That seven-pound bass I caught. (laughs) 4.6 pounds. That's close. More than half. Or my favorite, uh, when I was growing up, and I know teenagers across the world, so what did y'all do tonight while you're out? Oh, well, you know, we just went to Sonic, grabbed a, you know, quick drink, cherry limeade or cherry Coke or whatever we like, and then, you know, we just drove around Bent and came on home. Hmm, okay. Now, that's harder these days because find my iPhone is a parent's weapon in truth-telling. Because they failed to tell you the seven other stops they made after Sonic and getting home. So they're close to the truth, most of the truth, some of the truth. And yet, 
God calls us to be people of the truth. Do not lie. Don't manipulate. Don't be deceitful. Don't be hypocritical. Well, they don't need to know everything. I'm protecting them by not telling them everything. Now the toes just got stepped on, I know. Because that's all of us. Whether you're 14 or 74. And, And we put on the old clothes in those moments. And God is calling us to a higher standard, to a different way of life. So that not only we guard each other, we build up the body of Christ, we make each other stronger, but also so that we display to a world who is deceived. Who is the author of lies? Satan. And he's all about deception. And Christ is the complete opposite of that. He's all about the truth. He is the truth. And so let us put on the truth that only Christ can provide because we're now wearing those garments, the garment of truth that's provided for us, not by our own strength, not by our own wit, not by our own power, no, but by Christ himself. He's the only one who can give us the truth and help us walk in the truth with these new clothes because lying has its root in the old way of life the old self before Christ when our hearts were unregenerate means our hearts were not changed yet with Christ our heart is changed our mind is changed our lifestyle is changed. Everything about us is different because we have a new perspective and so the old is gone it's dead And I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of hanging around dead things. I'm just, that's not an exciting place for me. There's only a few species in the world that really like that. And one of those we actually have around Friendswood quite a bit. It's called a vulture. Vultures love dead things. And you drive along 518. We used to have some that kind of hung out on the roof. We got rid of them, thankfully. You can't shoot them, by the way. Don't shoot them, it's illegal. But but, uh, vultures are also called buzzards in America. So that's a little tidbit for today. Vulture and buzzard are the same thing in America. But in other parts of the world, they're different. A buzzard is sometimes a hawk in other places. That's all for free today. You're welcome. But a vulture, number one, it's ugly. Take a look. It's ugly. It's ugly. See that beak on there, like that sharp thing to tear all that dead flesh and those dead animals? What does God say to do with our old self? Keep it dead. Don't bring it back up. Don't be like a vulture and go back to it. Because it makes you ugly. (laughs) Keep dead things dead. And live a new life on the truth. And so my prayer is now that every time you see a vulture on the side of the road, you will be reminded, God, I know I need to live in the truth. A new way of life. Abundant life. A a life defined by the truth. 
a life that you've called me to live, to even put on the belt of truth. That belt is to hold your pants up. That's what belts do. They hold your pants up so you don't embarrass yourself. Hold on to the truth. It keeps me secure. It keeps me together. It holds me in place. I know that I can count on it. And as Paul tells us to get rid of that old way of life and its practices, to put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge. This doesn't happen just one time where I'm like, okay, I've got Jesus, and so I'm going to live in the truth. No, there's a constant renewing that has to happen. The Bible tells us that all through the New Testament, with the renewing of our mind, that we have to be committed to constantly living in the truth, to, to live a new way of life, to keep the new clothes on. That only happens when our mind is renewed day after day after day. That's why we dive into God's word. That's why we connect with other believers, to spur one another on, to encourage each other. That's why we spend time in prayer and devote ourselves to making sure our mind and our heart are right so that when we are faced with an opportunity to tell the truth, we seize it. We don't back away. We don't manipulate. We don't deceive. We don't share part of the story. We do it all. Because we live differently, a new way of life. Because we've been changed by the power of Christ. And so we're constantly tugged to put on the old clothes again. We're constantly tempted to put those on. And so the reason we're able to resist that is by the renewing of our mind that I'm constantly focusing on the mind of Christ. So I may resist that temptation to put the old clothes back on, to live the old way of life. And as I do that, as you do that, what, do you, what happens? Well, he tells us, that when we're renewed, the image of its creator, that means the knowledge. Who created knowledge? God created knowledge. So we reflect God's image in that. And then he tells us who those people are that reflect his image. Greeks and Jews, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarians and Scythians. Just a side note here, uh, Tate's reading a book this recently and the main characters are Scythians. It's a futuristic dystopian crazy book but they stole it from the Bible. These are barbarians in the ancient world as well. Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. What happens? What happens when you and I live in the truth? We display the truth for all to see. When we live in the truth and for the truth, then people will see the image of God in us. That's the goal. Is that I want God displayed in my life so that when people look at me, they see the power, they see the love, they see the grace, they see the unconditional love that God has for all people. Not just by what I'm wearing but how I speak, how I live, how I walk, what my life represents. Because when you and I renew our mind to be like Christ, 
we live in community together. No matter what our background is, no matter what junk we have in the past, what dead things are dead in our lives, because they're dead. We don't have to resurrect them. No, we're all one in Christ because he's in us and he's for us. And he desires for us to live in the truth. And that's the goal, for us to live in the truth, to put on the new self. And putting on that new self is not possible on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. We, we, we can't figure out in our own strength how to be people of truth. We can't figure out in our own strength how to be people who don't get angry and mad at one another. We, we can't do it. We have to have something different, someone different to put on those new clothes for us, to give us a new life. And that person is Jesus Christ. Living in the truth is only possible through Jesus Christ. And today, as we take a moment to pause, to, to remember the sacrifice that he made for us, this is a particularly intriguing passage because we can't live this way without him. We can't do it. We are not truth tellers given to our own vices. And yet Christ changes us. And so today, I want us to remember his sacrifice for us.